Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. My guest today is Danny Ashton. Danny's the founder and CEO of Neomam Studios, a visual content agency based in Manchester, UK. They specialize in designing infographics and interactive experiences. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So why don't we start off and just tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Okay, yeah. So Neoman was founded three years ago, and it came from, I used to work within the search engine optimization industry, uh, and my job at the time of freelancing after I'd finished my agency time was to kind of create articles or anything that would get out there and get coverage. So I'd want to get picked up by bloggers, shared around the web because SEOs want links. And that was one aspect of, of being an SEO that I did enjoy. I certainly wasn't the best at the other sides and there'll be plenty of people to, to back that up. But that part of it, that content and creating something that people wanted to share was, was always uh, something that I enjoyed. And I was lucky that it, I, w- I was pretty, pretty good at it. And it kind of developed and evolved into the agency that we have now. So, you know, I'm really proud of where, what we've done and where we've come on our kind of evolution. Uh, we've got now a team of 18 people. Uh, so that's split between design, promotion, outreach. Um, and yeah, and I think one of the reasons that we kind of started chatting is that we, you know, we're seeing you know, the, the whole content marketing space uh, as a kind of a new area for us to kind of go into to really you know, understand what it is that clients, you know, more about their business, keep stuff as relevant to their kind of the buying cycle and, and generating the awareness with the, with the content that we do. Um, so that's, that's pretty much in a nutshell kind of where, where I've come from and where we are now. Great. So we started this conversation and as I said, your, uh, your agency focuses a lot on infographics, which is really the topic of what we're about here today. And so I think everybody in my audience knows what an infographic is, but it's possible for some people that um, they might not be as familiar. So can you just outline what that means? Yeah, it's often the hardest question I get when I'm, someone asks me what I do. And I, I mention infographics and they, they have a kind of a weird face on that they've never heard what they are. And I, I, you'd think I would get better at explaining it, but in very simple terms, just taking anything, it could be data, it could be information, it could be ideas, and visualizing that in a way. And infographic is a term that gets kind of overused and doesn't really mean as much as it does now, but it basically means lots of visual content, lots of information in a way that's easily uh, to digest. In most cases, we'll have seen is kind of like what we call the long-form infographic. So these are ones where they're kind of... Uh, they're, they fit the browser width and then you scroll and, and take all the information in as, as you go through. And they're, they're pretty much developed just for the online experience. So as you know, broadband and internet speeds increased, then large images of these size became, you know, became possible. And so this kind of format got used. But we are seeing more and more that it, it doesn't, an infographic doesn't have to be something that's long form. It can be small. It can be, it can be anything that is really taking information or a concept and, and, and visualizing it and making it easy for someone to understand. I mean, for me, 
you know, an infographic has to make it easier. If, if it's just easier just to read the article, then you've, you've, you've made a mistake somewhere down the line. It should be that you get a gist of it within three seconds um, because I, I've talked about this a lot in, in the content we've produced, but, you know, our brains are wired for, for, for visuals. We, we understand them kind of pretty much instantly, uh, in which in comparison with, with, with copy and text, which you know, certainly has its place, and I'm, I'm not here to tell you that, that it hasn't, but it does take longer. So the, the beauty of a, you know, an infographic or a visual content is that people can just digest that very quickly, and that's kind of why they've become so popular. Everyone's kind of shared them all, you know, as, as, as many places as they have done. Nice. So a little later in this conversation, we will talk about the process of what it takes to make an infographic. But can you talk a little bit about how uh, your clients use infographics and what their purpose is? Yeah, so it, it kind of ranges uh, in, in quite a different uh, ways, but in most cases, they're looking to kind of market their website. So they're looking to, uh, you know, get the word out about what they do to get uh, kind of brand mentions get picked up by media publications. You know, a lot of clients will just want the kind of the links from an kind of from an SEO perspective. You know, the, the the better links that you have, the the higher you rank. But we're definitely seeing a more of a shift towards the kind of general marketing of of themselves online. So an example I could give, which is always good to see it in reality, we have a client who's in the the, the, the business travel sector, and they really want to speak to an audience who is business travel managers in, in large companies or kind of PAs or even entrepreneurs who are basically booking the travel uh, for their staff on a regular basis. And certainly when the client first came to us, I thought, oh, you know, great business travel, luxury, luxury uh, travel. It's great. That'll be really interesting to do. But in reality, this audience doesn't care about that. They care about getting people from A to B, no stress, uh, as cheap as possible and, and, and getting things done like that. And so what this client wanted was a, you know, an infographic that spoke to these people so that it would show that the show that the client had thought leadership it understood what their problems were and, and what they were going through and you know hopefully was able to kind of engage with them in, in, in a deeper level uh, but also it it needed to kind of get them featured in that kind of industry press as well and, and get some of that traffic back to them and through the process that we did we we di- we always do some research into finding we know that these business travel managers exist. We know they they they, they, they uh, exist somewhere online. We can go and find them. We, we look at forums. We look at LinkedIn groups. We want to find them talking about the issues that they come across in their in their job, in their business, whatever's relevant to the audience we're speaking to. And through that process, we could see that things like video conferencing, Skype, all the different things that the technology that's come in was something that was an issue for these people. It was something that was potentially fearful because you know. If your job is to to get people on flights or get people in, on transport and get them to places, things like conferencing potentially has the has the risk of even taking away their jobs. Um, but we also knew that you know even just from our own experience that you know Skype uh, video conference experiences are never fully perfect. And 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 many of the people when we saw them talking online were saying how. Uh, you know, these were issues and, and people weren't thinking about it. And we ended up coming up with a concept, which was why face-to-face matters. And it was an infographic that got all the, the research of why meeting face-to-face was important and couldn't, you know, currently can't be competed with with any sort of technology. And the great thing about this infographic was that, yes, it got f- featured in kind of big places like Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, but m- more importantly for the client, 
it, it spoke to their core audience and it spoke to them in a way that was kind of supportive of their job, supportive of what they do. And when they are in a situation, it might not be now, it might be six months, 12 months, two years, when they're thinking about issues that they're having with, you know, especially with support of the other campaigns, you know, they're far more likely to, to go to them or join their mailing list to add them on Twitter and all those other interactions. And I think the way I described it to, to you the other day was, was well is that, you know, our infographics or what we produce for our clients is just to get that initial awareness. So these are people who have no idea who this company is and we want to speak to them and get them involved in that, that long process of turning them into a client or a lead or anything that is a real business objective at the end. Right. So I like a couple of things you said there. First of all, um, there's a, there's a media element, a uh, getting picked up by the press element of value in these things and then also, it sounds like there's a fair amount of research on your part about what your client's audience is and the things they care about, which is a general fundamental content marketing principle. So they're not talking about booking travel. They're talking about the value of face-to-face meetings. It's essentially the conversation that's going on in their, um, the customers of their clients' heads. You know, completely. And we want to... Because, you know, with any content, and this is any case, is like if you target everyone, you're never going to target anyone. And so we really, and we really came to audience targeting just from a kind of efficiency point of view. You know, our clients really bases on, on, on media placements. If we do get lots of media placements, we've done well. If we don't get any, then we've not done well. So our process of the last three years is to get to a point where we know, we're confident that we're going to get those media placements every single time and the way that we've kind of evolved to do that and one of the most useful ways as well as obviously improving you know quality design everything all those things the biggest thing was 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 that audience identification because we knew if we, if we could speak to you know a community in, in the right way then we would have success even if you know we, we we our timing wasn't right or our timing wasn't perfect our content wasn't in the you know the exceptional level because the truth is that these people weren't spoken to you know, we weren't bombarded with marketing messages all the time. And they certainly weren't given the kind of value that we could bring to them through kind of visual high-end research. So it once we realized that, and that's kind of brought me then to the world of obviously what you, what you do, which is the whole content marketing, which is, is really that whole skill of understanding who clients' audiences is and, and, and understanding what they know and, and using that as a part of a campaign. And to me, it's really exciting because obviously I come from a completely different industry and I've, I've come this way. Um, but I can, I definitely see the usefulness of it. And I've learned a little bit here. I mean, I'm learning a lot of, of course. So my impression is when I think of infographics, I think of person to person sharing, but so talk about that a little bit with respect to the other side of the equation, which is really getting picked up by the media and letting the media doing the sharing for you. How do those weigh against each other, I guess? So uh, I've looked at this a few times. And so there is, there could be two ways of promoting an infographic. One is that you produce it, you know who the audience is and you, you spend money to advertise it and and, and do that kind of person to person sharing and hope that enough of those people share it, that it's going to go beyond that kind of audience subset that you're targeting with your advertisement now the problem with advertisement like that for content is it costs a lot of money and it could be into the you know the thousands of dollars just to get that initial um, sharing happening now and it might not even happen so it could be that you drop 5k and then nothing really happens and you find out the content wasn't right which is 
quite risky and something I you know I wouldn't recommend anyone doing. Now the other side of it is is to really start at the point these gatekeepers which are the the people who you know the the journalists the bloggers the influencers who have access to this, this audience now if we can get our content in a way that is relevant to this audience and provides value and isn't too much of an advert or any any kind of process to just sell our client then these publishers will benefit from that from that relationship so they will share that content because they they will get shares they will satisfy their audience they will get traffic and all the different things that any publisher is looking for and and in exchange we can um, get access to those audience without paying those large sums of, of money for for advertisement and the great thing is, is because we're, we're working with these publishers on a regular basis, we get their feedback. We know which ones don't work and we can, we can find out why. You know, our outreach team, yes, it's great for getting those initial placements, but it's also great for knowing why certain things didn't work. And any, you know, anyone who's a content producer knows that you know, there, is, there has to be that constant learning process of why things didn't work. And, and I think the difference between uh, kind of content agencies or marketeers who, who get it right is that they're always changing and always adapting so that they can, they, you know, their end product is as, as powerful to that end user. So that when you do get that pickup, whether it's, a, you know, say, Ink Magazine, then it isn't just going to stay there. People are going to see it, they're going to engage with it, and they're going to share it f- further and, and wider as if there was that kind of advertising uh, support that was with it. So how do you um, – I like this. So you're creating content that is valuable for publishers to share with their audience. And, uh, of course, then it just rolls from there. So how do you um, get those placements with those how, – how do you publicize what you have for them or how do you pitch that content to them? Well, I mean, I think another person to speak to is our head of outreach because she is the expert when it comes to this and she has her whole, her whole process. So we have a, our internal teams here who it, it, it's very similar to kind of, you know, old school PR. So it's all about reaching out to the right people who are relevant to that, to that content. So if we go back to the example of the, the, the business travel uh, infographic we talked about, you know, with that, we want to be really speaking to, uh, you know, really niche industry uh magazines who are talking you know about business travel and they do exist it's you know it, it's strange when you find out how many different communities exist out there and reach and talking them in, in the right way as well as kind of you know the larger more business focus that are a bit more general as well and the way that we work is in a very general way is that you know we, we we're always building relationships so when when an infographic works for one client we we so we cement that relationship so we can use it use it in future and also provide and support those relationships so we help out journalists when they need the help and then they're also available for us to pitch work to them um, which is always the you know the hardest challenge is that kind of that initial cold approach is always going to have its you know you're going to have to do it a while to before they even start answering your emails and the great thing that we have as our team is that we've been doing it for you know three and a bit years and so we do you know our, our emails are recognized our names are recognized so people are going to open open things same with any network uh, any opportunity that you have really right and are there certain types of infographics you find that are particularly effective uh, yeah so i mean i'm actually working on something at the moment of looking you know, looking at so we're always looking at our ideas that are working well because we don't want to we want to make sure that every idea we come up with is, ba- you know, is based on our pedigree of what's worked before. And I think the things that we're seeing in 2015 that's working really well is 
mainly like the how-to practical value stuff is really powerful. So any, any content that has an actionable value that the user can get, um, you know, I, I call it kind of like, you know, they, they, they can print, if they were to go to the effort of printing it out on a printer and putting it up on the wall, that, that is kind of the ultimate, you know, win for us. And, and certainly there's a lot that a lot of brands can add to that conversation. There's always problems that people have and there's always opportunities then for you to produce content that fixes or alleviates those problems. And in exchange, you'll get, you know, the, you get access to publishers, you'll get access to audience that will happily share that. Um, so certainly if someone was kind of just starting out for the first time with infographics, how to practical value content would be, would be where I'd start. Right. And that's just uh, content marketing one oh one in a sense. It's, um, you're trying to do for your clients by providing helpful stuff and the information you um, provide in an infographic is helpful to somebody else. It, the how-to is always uh, going to be a winner and you're just helping people solve problems and that's, that's really um, as good as it gets. No, no, completely. And, and I think one of the things that we're seeing that's kind of trend moving forward is, and this is, we've, we've come out with our kind of new product, which is not particularly new in the, in the grand scheme of things, but we call it the visual article, which is a, it's, it's, it's bringing copy and, and the, and, and visual assets together so that yes, you can have the more detailed, uh, experience of someone reading it, but also you have visuals in the same way they work in an infographic to speed up that processing. And, and the great thing is, is that you've got lots of opportunities for people to kind of take little bits of it, take what's right for them, personalize that experience. And also they can have the entire infographic as well, if, 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 if people so want. Um, so, that's I've I've been kind of looking at how other you know how other companies are doing stuff online and certainly you know the the, the core driver of success is not so much the the you know the, the the final format or even the design in in many respects it it the design has to support the content the idea and it's the same I suppose it's the same with uh, any content marketing it's not so much you know the, the writer as long as it's clear and understandable but the 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 potential of where it can go is is the depth and the and the concept and the content and the research and everything that goes goes there. So if it is really deep and it goes really far, then it's likely to do that when it goes to the kind of promotion stage as well. Because you know you even just look on the web today. I'm I'm always looking at stuff to share and everything else like that. And you know, probably ninety five percent of the stuff out there is is very just either it's just purely curated. It's you know it's it's regurgitated. It's new, no 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 new depth. It's probably you know someone's on average, has probably spent, you know, maybe three or four hours on a blog post or something like that. Where the opportunity lies for, for any of us is when we go to that kind of next level. So, you know, if we think of our, our infographic, we're looking probably at about production time of around 60 hours. Uh, so if you've got to imagine you've got 60 hours of investment into that. Um, and the same with, and it doesn't matter whether it's in a form of an infographic or a visual article, you still have to invest that, you know, that 60, 100 hours to get that kind of real powerful uh, reach. Um, and, and the job of the format, whether it's the infographic, whether it's the article, whether it's the blog post, is just to make that, that ease of transfer, you know, so, so people can understand it uh, easily and, and quickly uh, in a way that their experience is, is improved by it. Nice. Yeah, it's all, it's all in the value of the content. So what you just talked about, is a perfect transition to my next question was what is the process of creating 
an infographic in terms of how you interact with your client and and what does a client need to bring to you to get started? Do they? Because I I'm imagining people in um, in the life science industry, for example, they they might come to you with a concept and they might come with all the data as well. But it sounds like there's probably more to it than people are aware of to create a good one. So if you could talk about that. Yeah, so I mean, it it, it kind of can range from a, a lot of different ways. I mean, it depends what the end goal is. We need to understand, you know, what do they want to achieve at the end, um, and and but the key thing for us is who are they, who who do they want to speak to, um, and it, and you know, we can range from clients saying, look, you know, I, I know these people buy my product, and or it can come to clients that say, look, I've got these personas based, I've used them before, these are really critical to us we know they're right we know they're correct and obviously you know in, in a perfect world you know I'd, I'd want to know that exact person uh, one of the things I really like to do is, is chat to the the salesperson who's speaking to the customers all the time I think they they can provide some real insight that maybe uh, you know other maybe even management positions just don't have that um, and for us we really want to get underneath the skin and find out who those people are um, and then we the benefit that we have and you know we're an agency and you pay a price for an agency is that we take a lot of that pain away so creating your own infographic and doing it right is quite a time consuming and uh, process that we you know our service is all about kind of taking the pain out of that and so once we do understand who we're targeting and a little bit more about the audience the rest of the step we kind of we kind of take take away from the client and, and the client is just there to kind of provide their support and, and input and, and feedback at the different stages uh, just because you know we, we've we know we've built that expertise on that area and we also don't want to turn it into we don't do the kind of infographics where you know we've got some data and we just want you to visualize it that's just really not where we're set up for we always recommend you know you go to a design agency you'll probably get it for a quarter of the price if not less um you know save you money save up to buy an infographic from us i suppose um but it just doesn't it doesn't make sense because we're all about understanding their audience doing the kind of the real deep research and, and content and then obviously visualizing that in a way that's completely different that, that their audience hasn't seen before so that we can achieve those results that uh that clients are looking for Fantastic. Two things in there stood out for me is one, um, using personas. So having well-defined personas so you really know who that audience is and what that person's challenges are that you're talking to and using the sales team as a resource because they really know um, in depth a lot of times more about the client problems and and the things that come up over and over again and, and probably refine how you present that message very nicely. Yeah, completely. And I think that's a really important area that you you can get, you know, you can get caught away from, you know, the, the theory and the strategy and actually the people who are talking to, even, even it doesn't have to be sales. It can be like customer service representatives who just are there and constantly having those questions because even just you know if there is like kind of an faq of the same questions that keep coming up that can be a gold mine for for ideas um so yeah the, that's certainly where you know f- future of where we're looking for to get better at is is to get is to get more in depth with that and i definitely see some of the guys like yourself in the content marketing space doing that really really well uh, and i'm always keen to you know find out a bit more so we can bring a bit more of that in within within our team right i think faqs are a rich source of content, regardless of how you're producing them, but certainly for infographics, for blog posts, for all kinds of things, um, collecting those is is kind of a uh, 
a core piece of work that would provide ample content in it multiple stages of the buying cycle so that i like that um talk a little bit about how infographics fit in with storytelling okay yeah so we i mean we see it as very simple and it's something that we do naturally and we've never really thought about in many respects and one of the feedbacks we've had from clients is that we always we have a narrative to everything and i think that's just a, a core of any content you produce and We've been doing it so long now, whether it's been in the kind of uh, the, you know the written listicle BuzzFeed style, or even to the you know the more intricate kind of interactive experiences that we have. But we think it's it, it's really important that you do have to take the the user on that narrative, um, and e- even if it's just simply of kind of laying out what's happening, taking them on the process, and and. and bring them back again um I, i'm certainly a big fan again another area that i'd love to kind of get more involved in um is that side of you know like the the monomyth the hero's journey and, and really going in depth uh, i still don't think quite we're, we're at that point that that's required but it's certainly the kind of the future um i think it was with, with slideology and uh i think there's another another great book that talks about how how useful that is um but I think for, 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 the, for the most of the, pro, the content we produce, we just want to, you know, the, the narrative has to be there. It has to be very clear straight away. And that's always, at each stage, we're looking to do that, whether it's through the, the research, uh, whether it's through kind of the copywriting itself or even through the design. It has to support that, that narrative because that's the way that, you know, that we share, we share our experiences with the world and it's the way we understand experiences. Um, and when you get it right, then you, you, you benefit. But I would like to, I would say that we probably didn't come to it from a kind of, all oh, right, we're going to do narrative. We're going to do storytelling. It was more that we wanted to produce content that, that didn't suck, I suppose. <laughs> and we produced it and when it did work, and then we naturally focused then within the kind of narrative storytelling pr- approach because anything else just didn't, it just didn't content, a uh, audience just didn't engage with it. Um, and I think that's a, you know, a core, uh, thing that people should look to is that you know you looking at you when things do, don't work and and when things do work and 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 uh, you know calibrating each time to see how you can improve it is is important. Yeah, so measuring these things, going back, figuring out what did, what didn't, because I think there's a lot of um, shooting and hoping. Yeah, with and, content. And there's a degree of shooting and hoping. There's you know we have to start somewhere, and certainly. I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, looking at what already works, you know, don't try and reinvent the wheel, you know, don't just start, you know, I mean, I, I'm quite uh, honest about this. When we first started, you know, we looked to the best people in the market, which was column five. Um, I've, you know, I've had chats with the guy a few times. I, I you know, I, I respect them. I've always respected them and always will do. And certainly when we, we got out there, they were the guys who were kind of setting the bar. And so we wanted to, if we were going to look at anyone, we weren't going to look at anyone who was, you know, a little bit better than us. We want to look at the people who were who out there. Um, and I think that's, that's the way you, you should be doing it. And I, I mean, I feel really kind of proud, even though, you know, I didn't used to when I see, you know, other agencies doing, you know, taking some of our ideas, our designs and our style of doing things. And you're seeing that actually now we're not copying anymore. We're starting to, you know, define our own, uh, you know, define the space. And that's a good thing. And then we should all be doing that because we all get better from learning from everyone else. It's like, I always speak to competitors. I find out what they're doing. I share what we're doing because to be honest, it's not about, you know, one having one idea and holding it and not letting anyone know about it. Cause certainly it won't be that original, 
but it's all about how you take stuff on and and you and you adjust it and how you can how you can apply it throughout the whole system is is, is the important thing I think. Uh, I love that attitude. There's an there's a big enough pie for everyone, and just raising the bar and and it must be a fantastic feeling to be seen as a leader, and now kind of setting the trends and having other people emulate what you do. No, completely. And I think you know we we you know I. We, Neomam and myself, came to it as just a, you know, a link building side of things. We just wanted to create content so we could build links. That was the, you know, that was the very essence. If you want to call it a mission statement at the start of when we worked, and it's only through that, you know, the team and everyone kind of, you know, having some great people and 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 learning so many different experiences and and really saying that, you know, being honest with what was working and what wasn't working, that stuff just started to change, you know, really fast and and it was kind of a, a real shock to us really to see that we were then in that space where you know, we could see that designs were being inspired by what, what, what we'd been producing. We could see how ours, our infographics were comparing to what was out there, both in results and both in the kind of look and feel. And it was just a kind of a shock to us that we didn't, we didn't plan to go out there and become, you know, I don't come from a design background. Um, I, if I'm honest with you, I didn't know what infographics were until, you know, maybe four years ago. So, it was, but, you know, I, it, it, I went to it, I came to infographics because, you know, it was, it was an evolution because that's what, that's what people, people wanted. And it was, it was something about visual, um, the understanding of visual content that worked from a kind of success point of view and it, and it, and it stayed with us and it's something that we're going to stay with, whether we'll still be creating what we you know define as like the long form infographic in a year or two's time, who knows, but I know that it wouldn't matter if it's 5, 10, 15, 50 years, we'd still be creating visual content um, because I know it, it makes sense. It's something that is, it, it, it's a part of us. We're wired for it. And, uh, and it helps us to do the important thing, which is the concepts, the idea, the very core of content in a, in a, in the, in a way that people can understand, everyone can understand, everyone can engage with in the fastest way possible. Um, which is which is important because that's what we you know that's what we what we want to do. Right, I I love all that. I love the continuous learning attitude and and so on. And I I'm really grateful for all the information you've given us today. I want to ask you one question that is not related to infographics, and that is, uh, what do you do for fun when you're not making visual <laughs> content? Uh, that's a hard one. That yeah, no, because I am. Uh, as anyone will relate to with their own business, you know, the 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 time between working and not working is often um, it, it's, it's often hard to define. Slim, but, yes. Yeah. Um. No, I think the things that I do like to do, apart from you know the usual stuff of sitting on a couch catching up with Netflix, which I'm looking forward to House of Cards definitely. Um. But yeah, I like to I like to kind of well, I like to meditate, and I also like to kind of get outside into the yeah, into the into the hills when the weather is permitting. So you know, hiking and riding the bike once in a while. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, just get away from the city for a bit. <laughs> we share all of those in common. So, um, well, it was great having you on the show. I really appreciate it. And I will link to Neomom in the show notes, and I'm sure we'll put up an infographic for people who are listening, so they can see what we're talking about. And, and some other links as well that I think will be really helpful. But thank you, Danny Ashton. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Science Marketing Radio. 
If you enjoyed it, a rating or review on iTunes is always much appreciated. Or you can leave a comment on the podcast at words, the number two, wow.com. Have a great week, everybody.